0: Say hello to the bad guy
1: good guy coming last place Smell that when I pass
2: by I my money at a fast
1: pace
2: Say hello to the bad guy Alright, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast, because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today, we got Tank. What's up, y'all? And also with us today, we got Tone. What up, though? All right, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you, it's been a a while. Yeah, well, and it's it's our first time since the beginning of covid that not only are we not on zoom but we're not in the basement dungeon either we're actually back in the studio you know it's the real deal when you walk up the stairs and you see that fucking grammy like yeah (laughs) (laughs) soundsmith studios motherfucker right (laughs) big time so tank why don't you go ahead and kick us off what you got to drink there uh we got petoskey brewing horny monk
0: Uh, I'm not sure if we had it on the show yet. If we did, then it's the second time, maybe. Uh, It says dark radish, malty, complex, Belgian-style ale, Belgian candied syrup, Belgian yeast. Produces a very smooth, complex, slightly sweet ale. I mean, it's you could taste the malt. Ales are usually more hop-forward, and lagers are more the malty backbones. But, I mean, ales do fucking everything, but... Anyways, you, you normally can't taste as much malt as you can in this ale. Uh, it is sweet. It's easy drinking. It's 6.9, so it's one of those ones where the sweetness will let you forget how strong it is, and you'll be hammered in no time. It's pretty good, too. With that Petoskey, that's a that's Michigan beer, right? You got it. Uh, Northern Michigan on the uh, west side. Uh, beautiful area. So barely Michigan. It's almost Wisconsin. Yeah. It's not like the uh, upper peninsula of Michigan, but it is like northern enough in Michigan to where it's a different kind of feel than from down here in the quote city. Yeah, that's where, that's where we went uh camping at, right? Yeah, just outside of um Petoskey. Okay. We were just west of it, but yep. Okay.
2: Tone, what you got to drink today?
0: What is that? Samuel or S- Samuel?
3: Samuel Smith? Samuel Smith uh organic uh Handcrafted fruit ale apricot.
2: Nice. Is that your first time? You
3: just kind of picked it up? Yeah, I've seen it at uh, discount drinks. I picked it up. Sounded good. Tastes good. It's in a fancy ass bottle.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
3: almost like a cider.
2: It's got that cider aftertaste. You guys got the two things that m- encourage me to buy a beer either a childish name or a cool looking bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things that make me buy your beer. Right. <laughs> I'm back on my bullshit, so I'm trying to watch my figure, even though the summer's basically over. But I got some New Holland Brewing Light Point. It's a functional wheat ale. And by functional, it means low-carb, basically. Oh, so wow. it's... Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing about craft beers is it used to be, like, if you wanted to kind of have a light beer, you had to go Mick Ultra, and there was no other options. Right. But now you can at least get a decent craft beer and still not be a fat fuck. But... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I can't. <laughs> but I, I do
0: like how you said that you're like I'm back on my bullshit because, like, as a f- <laughs> as a fat guy, who's like trying to diet and lose weight. Is like, well, maybe it is kind of bullshit. I mean, we are at that age in our life where we can't lie to ourselves no more about some shit like that. So back on my bullshit <laughs> <laughs> about to, about to start on this shit. I know I'm going to fail at, and uh, this is
2: my best attempt: is uh,
0: low calorie beer. <laughs>
2: i'm not gonna uh I'm not gonna work out or diet or try hard or anything, but I'll stop drinking like eleven percent stouts. right that's my diet anything helps yeah well, and I drink that much <laughs> <laughs> that it actually helped
0: functional ale I like that it's kind of like in music where there's like that that offshoot kind of band where it doesn't really sound like anybody, and then like ten years later there's a genre of music l- named after' him. it's like. A brewer's just sitting around like, what should I call this low-carb ale? And they're like, you know, just call it a low-carb ale. And they're like, no, man, everybody calls their shit that. Like, yeah, we got it. F- uh, functional ale. We're going to sell this to a lot of kayakers and mountain bikers and uh, those guys that you see on the side of the road that are riding 10 speeds together with brightly colored clothes on and shit. <laughs> it's not
2: lazy people ale. It's functional ale. <laughs> they're not on their bullshit. They're not, <laughs> they never come off their bullshit. That's sad. Me trying to better myself is my bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So, before we get started, like always, got to make sure we thank Sixfo Sueno for letting us use his music in the intro. And then we got to thank Cancer. We're using his song in the mid roll. You can follow them on Instagram. It's Sixfo Sueno. It's F O E. And then Cancer's on Instagram at CancerTheGod. The The E is a three. And then I also want to give a shout out to Soundsmith Studios. I know we got a lot of a big listener base. We got a lot of hip hop heads, other podcasters listening to us. So, if you guys are uh, ever looking to record, he's one of the best in the industry. You can hit him up. Yeah, he's got a Facebook, Soundspit Studios. I think they got an Instagram, or you could hit us up and I could point you in the right direction. I probably should hit up DC and have him put that shit on the uh, website. Yeah, but we, I will work on that. But we'll go ahead and get started. And today, the bad guy we're covering. Is Kelvin Darnell Martin?
4: This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface final scene. Fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend.
2: Fifty Cent. So we got Kelvin Darnell Martin, aka Fifty Cent. All right, we're talking about um. Thought it was Curtis down. Jackson. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just gonna say no upside down sit ups. Today we're covering wanksters, apparently. <laughs> We, we cover mobsters, outlaws, <laughs> you know, prisoners, never a wankster mm-hmm. before. It's the first time for everything. Oh, yeah. The first thing I want to start off with, the very big difference between 50 Cent we know and Kelvin Martin is a lot of people refer to him as 50 Cents. You know, 50, whenever they refer to him, it's always 50 Cent, even right. whatever tense they're referring to him or whatever, but... Plenty of people called him 50 Cent's all the time. And then another thing is he's a guy that a lot of people he dealt with or that are willing to talk about him aren't really snitches. So a lot of the information is vague, you know, and it's hard to come by. So we're going to put most of this episode in, like, the... uh, This all is just going to start off with a big allegedly, you know? Okay. So in theory, this this is the story of uh, Calvin Darnell Martin... But there's a lot of information out there. One of the best resources, you can find it, it's actually free on YouTube, but it's a documentary called The Infamous Times Volume 1, The Original 50 Cent. And it's it's like an hour and 15 minutes, but it's really good. You can check that out. Uh, that was the best resource I could find. But like I said, we've covered this before. When you get guys that are good at what they do or they don't hang out with a lot of snitches, the information is a little bit harder to come by. Right. So... I did the best I could. Like, I got information on him. Like, his old lady said he was a great lover. You know, there's yeah. shit like that. <laughs> 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 the, the important stuff. Right. But as far as, you know, detailed criminal exploits, those are a little bit more. Legend has it. Mm-hmm. But whatever. When I ran into him, I'm like, eh, we're covering this story one way or the other. So, it's All right. A, look, we covered a fucking pirate from the 1700s. I yeah. mean, what's more legend has it than that? Yeah. Right. Little uh, stick figure
3: drawings and stuff.
2: <laughs> we we at least have real pictures for this situation, so Gollum won't be in them. Gollum. So Kelvin Martin was born in New York, July twenty fourth, nineteen sixty four. Uh, so when his mom and his dad, I don't know if they split up right after he's born, but at the age of eight, his mom pinned a note to his jacket and put him on a bus for a two hour ride to live with his elderly paternal grandmother in the Bronx.
0: You could still do stuff like that back in 72. (laughs) Pin a note to your kid's jacket and and send him on a a long trip.
2: (laughs) Look, there's no way this could go wrong. He's got a note on his jacket. Where is he going? Why is he alone? Read the note, man. What the fuck? At least she didn't just leave
3: him in, like, the grocery store or some shit. (laughs) That that is true. Hey, Hey. go get
2: yourself a Kit Kat. (laughs) Mommy would be right back. (laughs) What I think is crazy, too, she didn't even send them to her mom. She sent them to the dad's mom. Yeah, Like, you know what? I'm done with this. Here you go. It's your turn. (laughs) The note said, don't call me. (laughs) Good luck. So he goes and stays with his elderly grandma in the Bronx. There he was raised and attended school in a predominantly Puerto Rican neighborhood where he learned how to speak Spanish. Mm. He played basketball. He was an avid reader. And he was referred to by the neighborhood kids by the name Little Shaft. But later on in his life, he ended up moving to the Ingersoll Projects in the Fort Greene neighborhood of Brooklyn. And that's where he lived most of his life. So... In the Bronx, he actually had a pretty happy upbringing. You know, it was a rough neighborhood. Was, you know, he grew up with a bunch of Puerto Rican kids. Everybody liked him. They called him Shaft. You know, he was playing basketball. And then he moved to the Ingersoll projects and everything. Kind of went a little bit downhill from there. By then, his grandma was kind of way too old to raise him. So his primary disciplinarian was his aunt, who was still a child also. Mm-hmm. Ah. So she would try and keep him in line, but she was... I do her own thing. Right. She was a kid, Right. so he, you know, he's probably he's like ten. She's like fourteen. Right. You know, he's, he's little, following me around. He's little shaft. <laughs> she's not.
0: Ain't
2: <laughs> you know, holding little shaft back. And you know, with having a grandma too old to raise him, it wasn't it wasn't long before he basically was just running wild and running the streets. So, as a teenager mm-hmm. at the beginning of a growing drug epidemic in New York City, Fifty Cent decided against going into the drug trade. And instead, he opted to instead make his money as a stick-up kit. So he's like, you know, this whole crack thing is for suckers. Saturated market. Let me go rob some motherfuckers. The other big New York train. Right. Let me find the guys who are
0: selling and right. using and fucking stick <laughs> Take their asses their shit. up. <laughs> Just get the middleman. The okay. New York
2: drug epidemic was bad. I mean, it really hit it hard. Anybody that's been at Times Square lately has a... Uh, a misconception of what New York is like. But early 80s New York is, it was rough. So he decides, stick up, kid. That's what I'm going to do for a living. He was very small. He's described as 5'2", 120 pounds. I've seen different sources, but none of them ever referred to him as any taller than 5'5". Five five. So even at his biggest, he is still a little fellow.
3: So he's like, um, teen, um, Eight, over 18 at this point, or no, he'd be a young teenager, oh, so he's a young
2: teenager, yeah. So by the time he's like 13, he's full blown in the streets, wow, you know, thugging and shit. And he was always known to carry his signature weapons, which was two long barrel revolvers, a 357 and a 45 Magnum. Nice,
0: oh, damn, long barrel. You ain't kidding, that's like damn near Joker in the first <laughs> Batman long and shit,
2: Jack Nicholson Joker, and um. Uh, that became, like, his signature weapon, and he really stood out because he was a tiny little dude, and he carried the two biggest guns that he could. <laughs> and right. a- as a fan of both three fifty seven and long barrel revolvers, let me tell you, that's not a guns akimbo <laughs> type of weapon, you know? Those are, that's a grab-it-with-two-hand type of gun, but... Yeah.
0: And I mean I'm not like a gun professional but I know a 357 and a 45 are bigger pistols you know what I mean so when you said that I figured that was counterintuitive to the stick up kid you know method you know what I mean like you figure you'd want something smaller that you could seal easier uh but hey I'm not going to argue with him I mean I ain't arguing no 45 and 357 that's that big that's for fucking right, you, sure. I mean I I
3: can't imagine he even had a even Shoot them a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like you just pull both those motherfuckers out; they're gonna run or cough stop up doing everything, cough it up. <laughs>
2: Well, you said conceal, so he was actually known for not even concealing them. He would just walk around with them out, like so. Even when he wasn't, they weren't in his hand. Mm. He would oh. just have them out, showing. Yeah.
0: That's right. I forgot this was pre giuliani New York, so maybe you get away with that shit. That <laughs> I just figured, fucking, fucking, rolling around New York City like he's fucking a Sundance kid and shit, <laughs> shit <laughs> with his giant pistols. <laughs> well,
2: Andy's in Brooklyn. No one gives a shit.
0: All like the five, cops ain't coming over. Five and shit. Woo! He's coming down the street. There's fucking like trash tumbleweeds instead of crack, instead of fucking tumbleweeds. There's like fuckers are passed out on the corner instead of fucking, you know, the the stereotypical dude with the big hat on,
2: like sleeping in the corner. It's just motherfuckers all strung out from crack and shit. So there's three different theories to why he was known as 50 cents. Nobody knows exactly for sure. But the first theory is because he would rob you no matter how little you had in your pocket. So it didn't matter what you had, he wanted it. So he'd rob you even if it was just for 50 cents. Damn. Uh, the second reason is some people think that one time he showed up at a dice game with 50 cents and left with $500. And then the nickname just stuck with him from there. And then another reason, which is probably the real reason, is just because of his small stature. Okay. Just, he's a little guy, so right. they calling him 50 cents. Right. Even though he's from the Ingersoll Projects, He was a guy that was known for not giving a fuck. Like, he wasn't scared of anybody. He didn't take no shit from anybody. And he would spend a lot of time in the Albany Projects where his girlfriend lived. Now, the Albany Projects was known as, like, one of the worst projects or one of the worst neighborhoods in Brooklyn. It was was real tough. And there's DJ Scratch from EPMD has said 50 Cent was the only guy he had ever seen not from the Albany Projects that would come to the neighborhood alone. So he said that was a time when it was such a rough neighborhood. They actually called it a wolf pack. They said, everybody knows if you're coming to the Albany Projects and you're not from here, you better show up with a wolf pack. Mm,
3: he's
2: they the ju- motherfucker that did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this little motherfucker would just come strolling up in there by himself. And it's kind of like one of those wedding crasher things. You act like you belong. You just stroll up in there like that. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, well, fuck. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, ain't I ain't saying, saying shit to him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like we were saying a minute ago, he comes all walking up with his guns all out in the open and shit yeah i wonder
3: if it was his guns out is this motherfucker serious
2: oh wait he is this
3: motherfucker walking in and shit not even his
2: hood like well (laughs) fucking i ain't saying shit you saying shit nah i ain't saying shit and a lot of these people his friends people that grew up around him people that knew him they all said he would always show up alone whenever they seen him he was always by himself but he did have some people that he worked with in a crew. Like at this point when he was younger, he had a crew of people that were like his followers and they were all like younger and smaller than him. So he had like a crew of like little kids that would follow him around. And then one of his like best road dogs going through was this late this uh this other lady, her name was Blackie. But like he had met her at a roller rink and they got an argument over a stolen watch mm-hmm. and they just became best friends. Legit just best friends. Like, they were, like, partners in crime for most of their life and shit. So they both were trying to try steal the watch? <laughs> no, it was one of her friend's watch. Oh, okay. So he- she was telling the kid, hey, why don't you go get your watch back? And 50 Cent was like, it's his watch, fuck it. Why is this none of your business? If he don't want it back, don't make him get it back. And then at some point, neither of them will back down, and they're like, well... Hmm. Oh, you seem like you got heart. I mean, you just want to roll with right. me and we can go steal other watches? It's
3: funny how friendships are made.
2: Well, and she said he was the one that told her, like, she never had money for bags and stuff. So she'd be like, man, I wish I could really have a nice bag like that. And he'd be like, just go take that one. Get it. Just tell that lady to give it to you. And uh, that's kind of how they got into the life together. He was described as funny and happy and was always joking and smiling. And he was always looking to party but when he partied he didn't really drink or do drugs or anything so he would just hang out and have a good time but then when as parties would go on and people start getting like they would start getting loose and reckless and uh, he would kind of like his personality would switch and he'd just start getting like real sneaky and start looking for like opportunities and easy targets and then plus he a lot of people said he was always on on guard cuz he'd always be like fuck I robbed that guy robbed that guy robbed that guy <laughs> As the parties would go on, everybody starts getting drunk, and he starts thinking, like, oh, I could rob these motherfuckers. One guy, one of his friends had partied with him for the whole night, and towards the end of the night, he had to walk up to him, and he's like, 50, you're the smallest guy in the party. Everybody knows that you with the mask behind this tree. Just put your gun up.
3: <laughs>
2: that is fucking
3: badass.
0: It's, it's one of those things where it's... <laughs> Like a Superman change and shit, (laughs) like he just went from Clark Kent to
3: super,
2: super thug. (laughs) Oh shit! Can you imagine? Uh, Like you just look, you look over, and all of a sudden, tone just behind the tree with a mask.
0: (laughs) You were here all night. (laughs) Everybody knows. One, two, three, four, eight. Okay,
2: there's eight people here. There was nine at the
0: beginning. Who the
2: fuck is this guy? He would rob anyone for anything. And his specialties besides money were jewelry, designer purses, and electronics. And then he developed close relationships with local fences to sell his stolen goods. So he just set up this network of pawn shops and different guys that would get his stuff, and he was just moving whatever. So if he walked up on you, it didn't matter what you had. he didn't need money. You know, you got to watch. You got to, you got something. Just anything. Just
0: that stereotypical, with the VCR, remember? Especially from the crack 80s and 90s. You take your fucking
2: VCR and shit. Yeah. You know, he took some VCRs. So a lot of his prime v- victims were local pimps, college students. Like, they called him a college legend. Not because he ever went to the college, because he robbed so many people at college that they'd be like, hey, don't go too far from the campus. You see this little kid? Stay away from him. <laughs> <laughs> He's,
0: he was like a legend to him. He's like the
2: fucking, like, local demon or some shitty.
0: He- <laughs> He's waiting for you behind a tree with a mask on. Don't go too far from campus. <laughs>
2: he rob club goers in the Latin Quarter, or people who go to like the big clubs, Harlem World and Roxy, which were like big nightclubs in Manhattan. He'd like go there and. Rob people after as they left the club and stuff, <laughs> drunk and shit. Yeah, and need would make a haul. Just getting random drunk people in the '80s. You know, it ain't debit cards and credit cards and shit. These yeah. guys are
0: rolling with cash and oh. cocaine. Hell yeah, and that's a you know debit man. On. That's, that's easy target. You got the the kids who can go to university are the kids who got the cash. So that's easy target, man.
2: There's a story from a guy that said that 50 Cent at one point stuck up all the liquor stores on Myrtle Avenue in daylight on foot, one after another.
0: <laughs> Damn. And we wondered why earlier in the show, we he say never drank or did drugs or smoked or whatever, because... One day he was planning on walking into every liquor store one after another. And how can you do that if you go buy liquor and shit? They'll notice you. I mean, he's not a be- he's not a good disguise artist. His boys already told him, like, "Look, man, stop hiding behind trees. You ain't good at that." So he just as was plan all along. Fucking <laughs> a genius man. They're gonna take every fucking liquor store. Why? Because I never been in. I never bought a forty. I never fucking bought a deuce. None of that shit. Like that
2: demon that the college kids talk about. <laughs> robbed us all. Damn. Another one of his big licks, he went to the Rick James concert at Giant Stadium in the New Jersey Meadowlands. Uh, he went there with another guy so they could just go through the crowd robbing people. So they're all just cooped up in there and everybody was tight and then you couldn't get to the cops and you couldn't scream for help or you couldn't do anything and you just they just went through the concert robbing the crowd.
3: So like I was thinking pickpocketing. He, he actually yeah. is still robbing these
0: motherfuckers. Probably that. <laughs>
2: Probably a little both, maybe. Yeah. A little slippery ass <laughs> slinking in the crowd and fucking grabbing people's shit when they're not looking. So he eventually gets, gets caught. In 1983, he was sent to Rikers Island. He was sent to C-74 Adolescent Detention Center, which it's notoriously referred to as a gladiator school. You could do some research on it because we could do, like, a whole episode on the C-74 and Rikers, but it's, like, one of the craziest, uh, like, cell blocks in prison. And it's, like, 16 to 19-year-olds or something. Oh, so he's still young at this point. It was, like, that was the spot people were afraid to go to. Like, when people were coming out, they were coming back to the neighborhoods, like, with giant scars on their face. They used to have, like, razor wars and stuff. So people were coming home, like, dude, Rikers, (laughs) C-74, don't watch your shit, you know? And uh, he goes there, and it's it's a cra- it's bad prison. You know what I mean? It's like San Quentin in the 70s or whatever. It's, you know, it's bad. There he comes into contact with a cell block leader who is named Jimmy Henchman.
3: Mm.
2: And uh, Jimmy Henchman was like a boss of, like, like the Jamaicans and the West Indies guys. And 50 Cent was running with, like, more like the Brooklyn guys and stuff. And 50 first caused attention, first time he ever really heard of him was he found out 50 was asking other people. Jimmy Henchman used to wear jewelry, and he used to always be like, hey, what's up with this guy that, you know, he can just wear jewelry around here? Like, we let that fly? <laughs> and they kind of taught him, they were like, well, no, around here, you can wear jewelry if you're the guy, because that's a sign that uh, nobody's going to fuck with you and take it. Jimmy described him as a strategic thinker, and he was known to handle his business, and he put work in on the street. So he kind of... uh Ends up being cool with this guy, Jimmy Henchman, because Jimmy Henchman thought, like, this motherfucker thinks he can rob me. Who's this little motherfucker? I like him. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've covered about every episode with Do It Again. So it's Gangster College, right? Yeah. And he's in, he didn't go to state school. You know what I mean? He's at the Harvard of Gangster College. (laughs) And uh, eventually he ends up getting released and he returns to his old line of work. And eventually, once he gets out, Jimmy the Henchman was still in prison for a while after he was out. And he said that, like, he would start hearing the name 50 Cent, but he started to know that he was doing good because he would see pictures of him. Like, they would write letters back and forth, and you'd see pictures of him with jewelry on at, like, the the Abley Square Mall. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, when he'd be in these really rough neighborhoods, he started, like, taking to wearing jewelry whatever it would go. And he was like, it's my move, man. Cut, cut from the same cloth we are. <laughs> So after his release, uh, he goes back on the street, and he goes back to the same same thing. Becoming an affiliate of a street gang called the Supreme Team. So he starts running with the Supreme Team. They kind of school him up. Like, they take him under his wing and teach him how to refine his robin' skills. And he has a daughter with his girlfriend. He's actually with the same girlfriend. Her name was Precious Golston. He had been with her since he was really young. And the lady, uh, that other gangster, Blackie, that he ran with when he was younger... Like, she had a kid, and he was, like, the kid's uh, godfather, and uh, he had a daughter. He would mostly stay at the Albany Projects with his old lady and and her parents and shit, and he was, like, a really good regular dude to his family, and then he'd just go out on the street and rob everybody. Now when he goes back out, he's got more of a skill set now, and he starts to expand his target base, and he becomes a pioneer for a New York racket that would become huge for decades after he took to robbing local New York rappers. Hmm. Out of the rappers, he's said to have robbed. He robbed L.O. Cool J for a gold chain while in a White Castle parking lot. The band Houdini, he also robbed. And then he robbed Jam Master J for a chain, which led to an altercation that escalated into a shootout with a, a group called the Hollis Crew. So it's weird because you think Run DMC, that's like clean hip hop, right?
3: Yeah, but they said Jam Master J was in some shit. So
2: yeah, he was in a shootout. <laughs> <laughs> Him and the Hollis crew was some fucking with the Supreme Team. This all, this is all henchman's fault,
0: man. <laughs> He went up in the clink and he's like, hey, what's with the juice and the jewelry, man? How come you got the juice if you can wear the jewelry? So now he's looking at all the rappers and shit like these motherfuckers don't even know the rules in the clink. I'm taking their fucking jewelry and showing them who the fucking alpha is. Nice. Is that, Rakim? Yeah. He got
2: Rakim too? So he said to have snatched Rakim's chain or his charm. Now, the reason that one seems iffy to me is because he is also known to be pretty good friends with. Eric B. He became such good friends with them that he was pictured on the back of the paid in full album cover. No shit. Yeah, with uh, Eric B. and Rakim and then it was him and a couple other people from the Supreme Team Mm -hmm. were all on the back of that album cover. But I believe it because his technique and earlier his wait till you get all fucked up and
0: snatch your shit. So I believe it. It might have been on the day of that picture (laughs) shoot. (laughs) only because rakim's one of my favorites so yeah that motherfucker stole his charm and shit (laughs) fucker waited till they recorded one night or something they're all partying (laughs) fucking eric b and rakim fucking fell asleep but he fucking (laughs) took his charm and shit
2: man i looked up houdini and i couldn't find any real pictures of them with a lot of jewelry on it's weird all those other ones you can definitely see their chains their style Hey, he was 50 cents. It, it didn't was... matter how big your chain was. Yeah, right.
0: That just made it even better for that motherfucker. He's he like, I just still did it because they was shit. Houdini, you know? Like, yeah. But it's small. I'm still taking it. Give me, Give me that shit, too. They don't call me fucking a dollar. They call me 50 cents. Give me that little shit.
2: Give me that leather hat. Right. I got a hat guy over in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Sell this shit for $5 tomorrow. <laughs> Uh. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute.
5: me spit like a bear and rulers are a like Kaiser roll with the goal and get beaten like outsiders these amateur animals swing in the wrong jungle climbing the wrong vines mean these lions will snuff you concrete wilderness building our own structures writing our own order appointing our own judges overthrowing authority morally lack conscience fighting for survival with rivals with throat punches Bound
2: All right, we're back. Tank, was like uh, you about to crack open a different beer?
0: Yeah, I got a Boss Tweed. It's uh my go-to, Old Nation brewing here in uh the in Michigan for uh, any new listeners. Great brewery and a great brew. Nine point three and uh,
2: super tasty. You got a new beer tone?
3: Yeah, this is this is fucking good. Uh, Acelin. It's a, it says double discount sour ale brewed with uh, raspberries and tangerines.
2: What is it? Two times what?
3: Two, oh, it just says two times uh, top quality raspberries, oh.
2: tangerines. Six point five. Uh, six point five. I like it. Two times, like two times what? It's, you put it in there. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs>
0: they, it was like in high school, then like marketing class, and they teach you about that. Like two times what? Two times better than what?
2: <laughs> when we left off. 50 Cent had moved on to a career of robbing rappers. But he didn't really stop there, I mean, because he'd rob whoever. So another market he expanded into was robbing drug dealers and stash houses. Damn, man, I was really hoping you were going to say, like, hair bands. (laughs)
0: Because it was that time, you know, butt rock and hair bands and shit. (laughs) So poison comes to fucking <laughs> Hey man, he knows a guy who can get rid of everything. I mean cheetah print fucking male size leotards and shit. Probably Fuck some it. they got some like furs or some weird shit. That was some expensive hand quality shit, man.
3: They're
2: like, we ain't got nothing on us. Give us give me your wig. <laughs> so he starts off robbing drug dealers and stash houses, and there's tons of money in it. He also starts a side scheme though where he moved into like kidnapping and extortion, but like only extorting criminals. Okay, he does that for a while, but that escalates situations. So he becomes, he goes from being like a stick up, stick up kid to like a shootout guy, and he's out there like legit Wild West with his revolvers, just shooting it out in the street with drug dealers and gangsters and rappers and Jam Master Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoever's got a gun and wants to duke it out, Fifty Cent's ready for you. Sounds
0: like the dude who some rap videos were based off of in the in the nineties and shit.
2: Yeah, definitely. This earns him like a feared reputation. It's like the Omar's coming of New York. Debo, but super, <laughs> super small version of Debo and shit. <laughs> um, but this earns him a lot of exposure, which earns him a lot of enemies. What happens is all the top guys are trying to kill him because he's robbed them or extorted them or something. But then now all the up and coming guys are gunning for him, too, because they want to try and make a name because he's the feared name out on the street. Okay. okay. He's said to have been stabbed twice and shot. Over the course of his life, he was shot 24 times in nine different incidents. Fucking hell. 24.
0: Maybe they were using a 357 and a 45. Maybe they're using some shitty ammo or something, but goddamn, 24. They, I was going to say, it do not sound like they were using a 357 or a 45, but not fuck. Him. He was using it
3: on them. I know.
2: <laughs> Who knows? That could be a skewed number. Even if it was 12, still yep. a lot. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, look, he's been shot enough times we skipped over the fact that he's stabbed twice. We didn't even yep. talk about that. <laughs> yep. He was never indicted on a murder, but. He's been attributed to close to a body count as high as 30. Damn, could, 30. All right. It could be none. Yeah. The law says none. One-armed Joe said 30. The law says zero. <laughs> I'm with the, you know, whatever. I guess we'll go with zero. In this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. And yeah. Snitches get stitches, so yeah. we'll never fucking know and yeah. shit. He starts to develop so many enemies in the neighborhood. Uh, friends described his life as day-to-day living. Yeah. And imagine. he kind of became aware that he wasn't going to be able to keep himself alive too long. It's like every day is like you wake up, it's like like guerrilla warfare, shootouts in the street, and shit mm-hmm. like that. The constant pressure makes him avoid going to the houses of his friends or loved ones because he's like, well, I'm not trying to bring that to my girl's house or, right. or here or there. So that's cool. He didn't want to bounce out and head out west or nothing. That would have sounded like a good idea. He decides he needs to get out of the area. So he's like, I gotta do something. So with limited options, he figured the one place he'd go where none of his enemies could find him was the U.S. Army.
0: He's still this young and shit
2: that this is still an option. (laughs) Damn. He, He was a pretty good soldier. So he made it through basic training. He made it through MOS training. He got, like, a job in the Army. He was, uh... Oh, shit. Yeah, he got high ranks in most so, stuff. So what's the what's the logistics
0: on that? So the, when he went to the clink, and he was in there with henchmen, he didn't get charged with a felony. They they were taking well, felons in the service back then. Wow, that's wild.
2: But all right. Well, he I guess they weren't. So after seven months, so he was only in the army for seven months. Oh, all right, all right. All right but all right. yeah, he made it through the shit. He got the training. He got into the army, and then exactly what you said happened is they're like, hey, you, you like. You don't just have felonies. You're wanted on a felonary warrant in New York, like, right now. But I'm a good soldier.
0: Uh, you need me to fucking go steal some information from a, a adversary? I'll, I can do that. I'll get him drunk. I'll wait till he passes out, Now, I'll fucking steal
2: the files, man. Come on. I should be in the CI fucking A.
3: <laughs> right. They could have actually did something with him, you know, <laughs> because this motherfucker's been trained in fucking Rikers, the streets, <laughs> him. Yeah, Triple, triple X, got,
2: just Triple X style and shit.
3: N- Now he got military training.
0: I jumped the gun on him and I forgot that this isn't fucking 2021 where it's all electronic, you know what I mean? And they would have found that out off Jump Street or maybe Day 3 or something. He made it seven months in before it, you know, made its way into the... I'm just surprised he didn't,
3: like, uh, well, I guess, I don't know. I mean, he's young, but he's fucking been a, <laughs> playing a grown-up role for quite some time now. I mean, you would have think he got a, a different identity or something.
2: It would have been smarter. I don't know. I guess he thought.
0: He just <laughs> wanted to fuck up because people were breathing down his neck, and he's like, well, there's, I can do the Army thing.
2: Right, yeah. I guess that would have took a little bit more time. He was found on a felony uh, robbery warrant. Due to his good service, he received an honorable discharge. But was sent back to New York to face the charges. Good old boy got an honorable 50 cent. <laughs> Kelvin 50 cent Martin with that honorable discharge yep. from the army. Okay. So they sent him back to New York and with new other options and uh, his new military skill set. He, he went back to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's ready to fucking roll now.
0: <laughs> I'm back, bitches. And could you imagine that time for him too? He's been in prison. He was a stick-up kid. He was just robbing random motherfuckers. Like, he had the juice. And then he went into the service. And, I mean, you know, I'm thinking full metal jacket style service, like, from the 80s where they didn't have no fucking OSHA regulations and there was no goddamn internet fucking outrage and shit. And they were yelling at him in his face and there wasn't shit he could do about it. So now he's probably, like, he's, like, mega criminal now and shit. He's ready to fucking roll. I've I've been on both sides
2: of it. One man army shit. So a lot of people said that once he came back, he is even more violent and wild than ever. Like in his violence escalation, one time he went up to him and a friend went up to an apartment with someone he had a beef with. He knocked on the door and then when he could see that they came through the door, he just opened fire through the peephole. <laughs> God damn
0: it. <laughs> All right, I believe that 30-body-count number now. <laughs> <laughs> shit.
2: Maybe he did go to CIA school, because that's dark. <laughs> Some John Wick shit. Living in the escalation, uh, this violent escalation, one time he's at the LB Square Mar- Square Mall. While there, he got into it with someone that he had robbed, and he ends up getting shot. I didn't have a count of the bullets, but he got shot up so bad that word had spread that he was dead. But he ended up recovering, but he was so fucked up afterwards after that, he took to wearing a bulletproof vest everywhere he went. He's like, nope, this is 17 fucking times I've been shot now. My ass, if it's going to be 18, I'm getting a fucking vest. You were already walking down the street with two long barrel revolvers, now you're going to add a bulletproof vest to it. Fucking tank. tank. <laughs>
0: Just fucking walking <laughs> down the street like
2: a soldier and shit. By now, though, he's being hunted by all the biggest gangsters and drug dealers in all five boroughs. So every everywhere he goes, he's wanted. He decides he wants to bunker down in the Albany Projects. And all his buddies say, you should just go and get, like, far away. And he was like, well, no, as long as I'm in the Albany Projects, no one can get in here that's an outsider. So any outsiders that try and come in here, I'll know that with the quickness, so... I can just hide out here. And everybody's like, no, that's the worst place to hide out. Like, that's that's where you're it's at all the time. It. Yeah, it's
0: like your family's there and <laughs> yeah. shit. That's where people
2: go to find you. You were avoiding this place a couple years ago. Why do you want to fucking come here now? He figures he's safe as long as he doesn't deal with outsiders. So he just starts kind of working with, like, his his own crew and his inside guys. He was starts talking to his girl about maybe trying to go straight, but kind of needing some money. So maybe he might have tried to do, like, a couple big licks. Either way everything to, kind of starts escalating real quickly because he's just a wanted man, and you can only walk around the street shooting people for so long. And uh, at one point, he says, I'm, only gonna, I'm just going to deal with like, my inside people. On October twentieth, nineteen 1987, he was found in the seventh floor stairwell landing, bleeding from gunshot wounds to his chest, stomach, and head, and he was not wearing his vest. Most of his family said that the fact that he wasn't wearing his vest, he was pretty comfortable with whoever he was with. He actually lived. At some point, he started to do better. They actually moved him out of uh, intensive to like general care at one point. But four days later, on October twenty fourth, 1987, he passed away in the hospital at 23 years old. One of his known associates, Julio Wimo Acevedo, was charged in the shooting. He claimed he did it because one of 50 Cent's enemies kidnapped his family members and threatened to execute his family if he didn't kill 50 Cent. He goes to prison, but he actually ends up getting just, like, manslaughter, and he gets out, like, a couple years later. But in 2013, he ended up going back to prison for, like, a different, like, robbery or some shit. But he was a known associate of 50 Cent. After his death, all his known stashes and safety boxes were found empty. He was buried in a pauper's grave in Silvermount Cemetery in Staten Island. How old was he? Twenty three? Twenty three,
0: man. It was that was the the shit that he listed off and I kept on thinking he was older than he was at certain points of the story. I mean, yeah, drinking the beer and shit don't help. But anyways, like I thought that we were I mean, even even throughout he'd give us reminders of the dates and I still thought he was an older fellow than that when he you know, at the end. But damn, twenty three, what a fucking life too, man. Fucking robbing rappers and shit, been in the Prison went to the fucking military and right. still dead dead at twenty three it's that's wild I mean it's
3: just the life he'd lived i mean it was really quite surprising he lived at twenty three I mean you've been doing this for since he was like thirteen, I think you said he was or something when he started walking around with
2: guns so he was buried- he was buried in a mass grave with four other bodies, so he's buried with no headstone damn and then a headstone was added later that's now developed in, like, to a cult attraction. So here's 50 Cent's Oh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking sweet. So now he's got a headstone there. In a documentary about 50 Cent, the rapper 50 Cent said, like, if you could tell, they asked, like, if you could tell 50 Cent any one thing, because they're talking about how he took his name and shit like that. And uh, he said... 50 Cent was like, ah, just let him know that we remember him and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So when the documentary found out he didn't have a tombstone, 50 Cent said he would buy it. Oh like, no okay, shit. And a reporter reported that the rapper 50 Cent paid for it. In actuality, 50 Cent never paid up the money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the headstone was paid for by Jimmy Henchman, who went no on to become... Oh, shit. Yeah, he was the CEO of Zara Entertainment and made the documentary about 50 Cent. His girlfriend, and he had two kids with uh, Precious Golston. His second daughter was born, like, two weeks before he died. Mm. So she, like, never met him. Precious Golston designed his tombstone.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's a story in itself, though. His his girl, like, she's got to be special.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that's the story of Calvin, 50 Cent Martin.
3: So say goodnight to the bad guy.
1: Come on. The last time you're gonna see a bad guy like this again, let me tell
2: you. Now you guys haven't seen a picture of Calvin Martin yet. But if we were gonna cast a movie about fifty cent, who would you cast to play him?
0: All I remember knowing about him was that he was short. Um Damn, I'm going with like it's Kevin really, Kevin not... Hart or Chris Rock. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, uh Kevin Kevin Hart or Chris Tucker. I don't know Sorry. why I don't know why I feel like it's gotta be a comedian. But I just feel like it would do better for like that sneaky dude who's gonna hang out and wait till you fall asleep and then rob you. I think it needs to be like a little like smart talking fucking skinny motherfucker. I know Kevin Hart's getting a swole on lately, but he's still right. that so height and shit. he's still a small guy.
2: I mean Chris Tucker's definitely got the he's I mean, got the he's personality kind of though. He could be a six one fifty cent. Yeah. Look, Hugh Jackman's a 6'2 Wolverine. Yeah. You're right. So whatever, the story's what we tell it.
3: <laughs> I would uh, I would say, actually, I got two people. It's his name? Uh, Lorenz Tate from uh mm. Dead Presidents, like a, a young Lorenz Tate. Yeah, because he he could play a badass, and he's he's kind of a small dude. As I mean, O Dog
2: was kind of like fifty yeah, something. Right. <laughs> you're right. O Dog, you're right though. He said because
0: he said somebody who's like a family man and took care of his business and personal right, life right. but didn't give a shit. And you're right, right. he could he could play that. So no uh, choice, man. The
3: other guys based off his fucking reputation. <laughs>
0: like tiny
3: Zeus Lester. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: that's so funny that you both picked you're the smallest <laughs> actor, you know, and the biggest fucking actor, you know. Well I had a little guy, I didn't have a big guy. So I thought like, you know uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, who's that? He's the guy, he, he's, I guess the biggest thing he was in was, uh, he was Aaron Burr in the Hamilton. He's like a singer. Sure. Okay. Here's pictures of, uh, Kelvin Martin.
0: Like Nas. And then. Blue jean, baby. That was like <laughs> a universal
2: fashion, uh, accessory of the 80s. Denim. Well, denim. I mean, he, he died in 87. So that's prime. Yeah, Denim fucking time. And then here's the, uh, That's the paid-in-full album cover. So that's 50 Cent. And then this guy here is a guy named Rap. He was, like, one of the main big-time gangsters in the Supreme Team. And he was kind of, like, 50 Cent's mentor. Oh, shit.
0: People from their crew, like, they're boys, not, like, they're, like, business crew from this album cover. Like, man, who are these dudes, man? I mean, I know you just met them. Why they got to be on your album cover? Like, look, man, just... Shut the fuck up! This is a picture, dude. It's tuck,
3: tuck in your chain. and Shut the, the fuck up! It's on the back and shit.
2: That's the night right there. Eight hours after this, rock him's charm. Yep, gone. Yep. Caught
3: him slipping. Last time him, him and Eric B ever <laughs> hung out,
0: telling the story. Like, remember, man? I told you. To be, he's like, hey, shut up, man! I told you to be cool. And next thing you know. He, He seen us talking, and then I
2: fucking got my charm stolen the next night and shit. All right. So now we got to do the DEF CON scale. Standard DEF CON scale is five to one, five being the lowest, one being the highest. But in the bad guy podcast, there's no good guys. So five would be Lee Murray, who's your kidnapping, drug dealing, bank robber. And one would be the Purple Gang, who's got multiple gang wars, multiple massacres, and they're killing people on the streets. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the Purple Gang... Where would you rate Kelvin 50 cent Martin? Get a one for me, man. I mean, you don't rob LL after
3: Mama said knock you up <laughs> and then go for his chain. <laughs>
2: you a fucking bad motherfucker. <laughs> that was Buff LL too. Right. Panther LL. <laughs> what do you think, Tank?
0: Damn, man. I mean, I. I'm not going one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I was thinking more like a three, but after he said that, I feel like I should go one. <laughs> I mean, the only thing we know, I know he, sh- I know he shot the guy through the peephole. I know he was just robbing people and shit. I mean, I know that's for some reason I always go back to the bloody violence when I do my DEF CON ratings. I'm like, how many people did he kill? And I don't know, I mean we, we heard thirty, so Allegedly. I wanna say three but Allegedly. <laughs> uh, I wanna say three because that's just what I'm picturing in my mind, but I'm kinda bordering on a two, but I'm I'm I still I gotta stick with a three. I could say a three,
2: like, I would think if he had, like, some of these, you know, like, charges or convictions where you could tag something to him. I mean, the fact that he could have been a one and he was just fucking slick enough that we don't know for sure. But I think he definitely moves up the scale because either way, he always had, like, violent and reckless intentions. So even though this is, like, in Brooklyn, New York, I think that's kind of where we land with, like, a cowboy Mm-hmm. Like Wild West Cowboys that are kind of out there shooting it out and running around. We usually go around a three because it's the same thing. Like, right. you know, you're out there fucking pistol fighting. But you're also, what are you going to do? You live in how many projects. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? You got to shoot it out sometimes. Right. All right. So we'll call that uh, Majority DEFCON 3.
0: Zack, this is Crystal Palace. Sink no has declared DEFCON 3. Scramble all alert aircraft. I repeat, scramble all over aircraft, before we go, you guys got anything?
3: No, I like the story a lot, and, uh I never heard of them um, the actual
0: fifty cent, yeah, I never knew. I thought that was like an original you know, <laughs> I know nothing's now I know nothing's original anymore, but I thought that was like a for some reason, he had his own backstory for why they called him fifty cent, but either way, uh yeah man, good choice. The 90s hip-hop ties in, the 80s hip-hop ties in. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's something that I'm definitely
2: interested in in general. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, this was a a good one. Nice story. Another thing I wanted to say is uh, you had mentioned on the podcast one time in the... I've never seen the show Power. Right. But you did. And that's a 50 Cent show. Like, he produces it and stuff too, right? Right. And one of the guys is named Tommy Egan, right, right? And you said that on the podcast, like, hey, that guy's named Tommy Egan. And then we covered the guy, uh, nicknamed the Ghost, mm-hmm. and you were like, hey, he's got a a guy in his show that's called the Ghost and show. And then his name comes from right a Brooklyn gangster that he died 13 years before 50 Cent's first album. Yeah. So like, 50 Cent's got a thing for just uh yeah. 50 Cent's organized crime. (laughs) Yeah, his criminal history and shit. I mean, uh, maybe it's a coincidence, but I mean. No, he definitely knows his criminal history. (laughs) Well, then he does, because those are deep cuts and shit. Mm -hmm. And he should pay for that headstone. Yeah, he should have. water, man. For sure, right. Because
3: this would have been around that time. When did that documentary come out? I don't know. I probably should know. Probably early 2000s or something, right? Yeah, seems right. Yeah, he would have had that around then.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's the big star. All right, was well, to say hello to the bad guy, thanks for coming, and thanks for listening.
1: Bad. My mama had to be dead, spent my birthdays in the trap, we had to work with what we had She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the can, man. Hey, man. And I don't need a hundred friends, I just want a hundred bands A hundred jugs, a hundred scams, hey. Hey. So out of money, grabbed a hundred hams out of money, grabbed a bunch of <coughs> And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the so Fuck yeah. a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental, aid. ay. And I still keep it on me. Run and tell your big homie. First you meet your dead homie, ay. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. You smell that dope when I pass by? by. I oh. like my money at a fast pass. Yeah. Last last Say hello oh. to the bad guy. Bad guy. I just did the dashway right, in the fast lane Let my money at a fast pace, look like I like Drag Race Country up in my ashtray, I'm in my back yeah. Good girl, bad face, slim no waist and her ass fake yeah. And she in love with the bad guy yeah. But bad bitches never act right yeah. She act up until that bag fly Did a turn around in one night yeah. Say hello to the bad guy yeah. Good guy, come last, last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I made my money at a fast pace. Say hello say to the, the bad, guy. bad guy. Good guy, come last place. Smell that dope.
4: Stop it all them guns you told you never pop it. A heavy hustle when you needed, I got it. Heavy drip when I wanted, I cop it. In the clubs you rubbing on my pockets. Only trick I know was making a profit. All money in, only making deposits. Smoking on jet fuel, I'm nice to rocket. You gon' do what? No, you not. Stop it. All them guns you tell you never pop it. A heavy hustle when you needed, I got it. Heavy drip when I wanted, I cop it. In the clubs you rubbing on my pockets. Only trick I know was making a profit. All money in, only making deposits. Smoking on jet fuel, I'm nice to rocket. Niggas be faking the front and fronting and playing games. Dress me as Nitro, know that I'm active. I rep, pop, don't forget the name. You niggas is jealous, you niggas is envious. Hating ass niggas want me to lose. How can you not feel me? I'm chasing a milli, I'm getting a bag, then I'm spreading the loot. From a Honda Civic to a Billy Coop, from a dented top to a chopped roof. You niggas be broke, how the fuck we got problems? And how can we beef when we got nothing in comics? Said so you got killers, but well, fuck it, go call up. Smoking on jet, feeling and to no call. First nigga from the west doing drill shit. Nitro next to blow, I got a kill switch. Ain't not find you, then we hit who you deal with. Where the bomb be, that's some trill shit. Always on good. I'm the fucking GOAT, got a hundred flows, nigga, no joke. All the OGs show me the ropes, and I give back, I get a hood, hope If I op, want smoke, then I tell the nigga, run up. I'ma go get I grind to the setup. up. for God next, I'm the best, on the you come You gon' do what? No, you not, stop it. All them guns, you tell you, never pop it. Your heavy hustle, when you need it, I got it. Heavy drip, when I wanted, I cop it. In the club, she rubbing on my pockets. Only trick I know is making a profit. All money in, only making devices Smoking on jet fuel, I'm nitro the rocket. You gon' do what? No, you not, stop it. All them guns, you tell you never. A, pop it. a heavy hustle when you needed, I got it. A heavy drip when I wanted, I cop it. In the club, she rubbing up my pockets. Only trick I know is making a profit. All money in, only making deposits. Smoking on jet fuel, I'm nitro to rock it. Since a young nigga, we been getting jiggy. We gon' mob out, pop out, with are slitty. I'm the king of my coast, fuck king of the city. Niggas been plotting, hurt, they tryna get me. And niggas been flocking, they think that we empty. Full automatics, we don't do no simmies. You come through this door, you gon' get the whole 50. Swear to God, I'm the hottest nigga from the west. I need a meal off the deal, nigga, nothing less. Where I'm from, you had to fight to get choked. Respect, you follow protocol, you tell them you accept. My hands been famous, nigga, quiet as all that loud shit get you a cave chest. They shooting heads, so I rock a vest. I heard karma, bitch, that got no regrets. Say what I want because this is how I feel like. Niggas gon' judge you, salute them, they still might. Niggas freestyle, I know, but I still write. Nitro active, nigga, I push my own line. This rocket talk, you better know that it's go time. Taking the coast over, nigga, with no cosign. The homies blood, but the king crib. I'm from the west side, but got the east lit. I'm the definition of this hyper shit. You gon' do what? No, you not. Stop it. All them guns you tell, you never pop it. A heavy hustle when you needed, I got it. Heavy drip when I wanted, I cop it. In the clubs, you rubbing on my pockets. Only trick I know is making a profit. All money in, only making deposits. Smoking on jet fuel, I'm nice to the rocket. You gon' do what? No, you not. Stop it. All them guns you tell you never pop it. A heavy hustle when you needed, I got it. Heavy drip when I wanted, I cop it. In the clubs, you rubbing on my pockets. Only trick I know is making a profit. All money in, only making deposits. Smoking on jet fuel, I'm the rocket.